Can you hear me well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back yes. in time. This is exactly what uh, <laughs> I was thinking. I haven't yeah. seen you in... How long was it? Six months? I don't, yeah, I was. I think it must have been September we recorded. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure actually of the date. <laughs> I think because I was I was just thinking about like what the hell are we going to talk about? But I had re- I talked about Hawaii and all that stuff, but I hadn't talked about some of the trips I'd taken in October. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not even aware of how many trips you've taken. I remember a few because we discussed. Uh, as you know, guys, it's already recording. We're doing this completely raw. I haven't seen, he hasn't seen me pants. face-to-face since, it was September 29th. I remember well, because that same night, just when we finished recording, I very quickly uploaded the thing. And then I was invited for um, 007 um, thing, uh, the No Time to Die, thanks to uh, Leica here in, in London. And... <laughs> Uh, and and yeah, so that's why I remember because that was the premiere. That was that 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 night. So I know it's it's been uh, almost what five months of whatever. God, jeez. <laughs> but at least at least uh, I've traveled once. You, I know you've traveled many times, but at least I've traveled once. It was last year, uh, but just just as well after we recorded. Um, sorry, guys. Sorry. It's a uh, yeah. I I don't know what happened. We kind of blinked, and here we are. <laughs> Isn't that the whole deep into twenty twenty two? Exactly. Isn't that the whole pandemic thing? You like every day looks the same, and then you're like, oh, yeah, is it already twenty twenty two? I thought we were still in, like <laughs> September twenty twenty or something. Oh God. Uh, let's do the the usual, uh, which was I don't even remember the buttons on my roadcaster. Um, the I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> We're gonna need it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, and I spent too much time also playing. So I don't play Wordle. Do you play Wordle? No, I and which is kind of funny because I'm a I'm a total word dork. I love that kind of thing, but I, I I have too many other things consuming my time these days. Yes, I know, which is why I'm uh, I've been waiting very uh, uh, very patiently for you to being able to find a, a slot. We tried to record a few times last year, it didn't pan out. I mean, you have a family, I don't, it's much easier for me, but I didn't have until last week, I didn't have any full fiber. They dug the street four times in front of my new house and I finally have it after four months, four times. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm able to record nicely now, which wasn't the case. And I just, I'm realizing something. We, we, we just went for similar tones in our backgrounds with, uh, you repainted your room and I did as well. <laughs> I did. Well, this is a new room. I haven't been in this room since we recorded. Oh, uh, yes, actually. I, I think maybe bones, I have, but I've, I've reoriented it. I, I have, uh, I, well, I've got my big studio lights here, and I only just finished doing this background earlier. But, uh, well, I haven't finished anything, really. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. So I, I, that's the, the room I'm in used to be a room for kids uh so there were a lot of um, decals on the walls and it was very cute for two twin girls actually the, the previous owners so i repainted like more like a studio so i have this angle set up guys you're not seeing it i don't know why i'm telling you all this but the other angle is not set up yet i also have the studio lights and yeah <laughs> because again i like you i blinked and I, oh i haven't done that since i bought the house oh well anyway um yeah i was talking about wordle because guys if you are not into words because i am but since i'm not a native native speaker in English. Um, sometimes I'm stumped trying to find the five-letter word on Wordle. There's Airportal, which is the same, but for 
Ayata Airport code. Um, so Ooh. every day you have, all, of course, three letters, and you're supposed to find an airport. Uh, it's pretty addictive. <laughs> admit. That's a great idea. I think it's airportal.glitch.me, but you just uh, Google uh, Ayata code, airport code, Wordle, and you'll find it. Airportal, I think that's um, that's uh, the name. Um, the other thing we did is obviously we um, we uh, we didn't record because we 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 are countercultural. We waited for the wave to subside, <laughs> the Omicron <Yeah>. wave, <laughs> because we said, "Whatever, f it, let's wait." And now it 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 has somewhat subsided, depending depending on where which part of the world you're listening, guys. I know it's not always this, everywhere the same, and uh, we know that some people uh, think that the UK is crazy because we've been without any type of restrictions for a while. It's um it's very bizarre. I'm going to, I'm going to Dubai next week and I'm hearing people wear masks outdoors. I'm a bit a propon- mm. proponent of masks, but we haven't done that ever here. <laughs> and especially not now outside, no. So it's a, it's, a, it's a bit strange. I mean we'll talk about this. This is not the the most fun. Oh but yeah, of course I forgot something. I need I need to put the, the, the intro of the, the the yeah, let's that's the recording starting properly now. <laughs> Alex has lost his nice smile. Oh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> Just a little more wrinkles and gray hair. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. Uh, especially we're two burdened men uh, today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't, I don't think I've seen every single of your, uh, uh, thank God you're back with uh, Attaché. I don't think I've seen every single one, uh, but I've seen that you're spotting the bird as well, but I'm more uh, white than you because I'm slightly older. So I'm more, I'm wiser as well, yeah, yeah. I guess. Or something. <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> People still listen. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know how we keep ranking because we don't record. Uh, one thing I'm going to commit to is uh, this year. I mean, I say that, and we're already at mid-February because we're the 17th. I'm going to uh, release more often. Maybe not every two weeks, but I'll try at least once a month, maybe more. I know that Alex is busier um, because of family, because of travels, and I travel less than him. So I might actually ask some of you guys to be my co-host or guest. That I mean, would be great. Guest in, in case Alex is here and co-host in case he's not. Do not try to pitch me. <laughs> because I'm not already expecting emails. But I have a few people that are already lined up in case Alex is not there. So I'm going to try to release from time to time because I know people have been very patient with us. We've had uh, several reviews, but I'm just going to read one. Um, it's uh, it's quite a, it's a five-star from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, amazing podcast as a Navy geek and a cadet pilot from the Middle East. I couldn't be happier to listen to anything else but this during my runs. Keep up the great work and hope to bump into you guys in Dubai. Again, I'm in Dubai next week. Thank you so much. Five stars. I don't know where these... Because my... Um, <laughs> I have new software to dig all the reviews, you know, whatever. And I don't know which date this one is. It could be like several months could be during the pandemic i don't know but i don't i don't know if i've already said it so thank you very much and we're very happy that someone from the aviation industry is still listening to us yeah yeah well that was always a shock wasn't it how many people because you'd think that that uh 
they would look at us and go, these amateurs don't know what they're talking about. But I think, uh, you know, you can be an enthusiast within the industry just like you can be without. And but let's start with the most fantastic. important thing. The most important thing is I we've, we've heard all the reports of very unruly passengers, especially in the US. And I have one in front of me because this guy, Alex, has ripped a, a 747 and now has a fastened seatbelt side at home. I, I want to know the story of how you destroyed an airline to get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's oh, he's here. digging it. Give, he has it behind. No, don't destroy your nice background no, 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 just for fine. me. The background is the background is uh, is still a work in progress. It, You're uh, very YouTubey, yeah. by the way, with that background suddenly. Um, yeah, well, it actually, it looks like I have a horn. It's, uh, that's <laughs> actually kind of a, a neat story, which I'll tell you in a second. But, but uh, again, guys, forgive the noise here, and then I'll tell you the story of how I. So yeah, yeah, tell me because I, I'm very curious. Uh, of course, he didn't rip uh, an aircraft off this, but I, I he has an actual fastened seatbelt sign. The, 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 is it seven four seven? Right? Yeah, it's an old one. It's really wow. You so you you powered it? How? Yeah, so so there's a phenomenal website uh, that you can you can get all these parts, and it's called PlaneReclaimers.Arrow. Okay, and they procure uh, old airframes from from they're based in the UK, oh, wow. and then they strip it down and they sell everything the avionics, you know, right down to to the placards for the seat numbers. All with the massive caveat that it's no longer operational; shouldn't be used as a in a in a working oh, airplane. Right. And yeah. you know, and, and we're talking about like you know side panels and all of that stuff. Uh, one of which I have sitting next to you me. You have a side panel as well. I have a window section of a seven forty seven. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you have a clock inside, or do you plan to just have it? No, no, no. Brain? I just wanted it as as pri- you know pristine. It's like polished aluminium or nice. aluminum, and. So the the one of the th- I was looking as you know actually because I wanted a, something decent for my background, background since I'm going to be creating a lot more content from here, and I thought that might be kind of fun. And actually, it was it was relatively cheap to acquire. It was like um, twenty five pounds. Oh wow! That's for cheap. for and they make no guarantees that it's going to work. But I I fired it up um, and all of the bulbs except one worked. But unfortunately, they run on thirty six volts, which is quite difficult to generate oh. without a transformer. And of course, with anything like this, there's always a massive community around it. Yep. So I went online and you can actually replace them with five volt LEDs. Oh, nice! So you did that? So I yeah i ordered the leds and i replaced the incandescent bulbs which i've kept because i just think that they're neat yeah and then i i put these little wire clips on i did electronics at school so this is kind of a fun thing and plug i just plugged it into the usb and it works just it works great so it's it's just kind of a fun fun thing to have in the background here but uh, so it, when you bought it, it doesn't come with a power unit. You had to figure no, out no, the power no. unit yourself. There was just right? a, the the blank, uh, or, or, you know, the, just the cables that come out of the back that are aircraft grade. And I and I pulled it apart and stripped it down a little bit because it was it had all the clips for where it sits into the the, the mother panel, and it had a lot of insulation just so that you know there's no fire risk on an airplane which i don't need as much in my house (laughs) so i just simplified it so i could make the wiring a little bit more tidy but it was it was very easy and if you go in there uh there's a community facebook page which i had to create like a dummy facebook uh, account just because it was such a 
gold mine of of uh, of expertise. The things people are building like full cockpit replicas. They're building full cabin section replicas with like the the internal panels, the lighting, the seats, and everything. But then of course there's there's people like me who just want to know how can how can I make the lights turn on? And of course there was a great uh, community to to explain how to do it. So yeah, fun fun little project and a nice little relic from an old this from an old BA. 747 and they send you the information about which specific aircraft it was uh, yeah, it was it was, it was fun so you're running from the mains now we have just box. usb plugged oh. into the wall yeah oh yeah, wow usb is five volts and it's it's just enough power to make it work so i was about to say that's a good uh pandemic occupation but then again who am i kidding you would have done it pandemic or not anyway <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely would have done it, pandemic or not. And unfortunately, it's like, it's really, it's a dangerous website because there's so many things on there. Like, I'm like, whoa, what can I, what can I else can I put in this room that only, I, that is so kind of esoteric and, you know, only a few people who would see it would go, oh, I know what that is. And really, and really understand <laughs> why I got it. But yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's it's fun, and I appreciate sites like that that, no, that are really kind of cool. liberating them from these from these carcasses of airplanes. Well, so you, are you planning to put? I know, guys, it's not very relevant to you guys who are listening. Are you trying to put that the the window thing behind you as well? It will be. Yeah, that's gonna go there. I see. Yeah, and my camera actually, when I'm recording content or doing a speech, it just sits over here. So yeah, yeah I have uh, exactly. I have I have three cameras in this thing, but I haven't figured out the other angles because in the new house and i don't have use your room seems square mine is more like a rectangle i know that i know that a square is a rectangle as well guys but uh it's this is not very um um long behind me so i cannot put really i mean i could but i'm i'm still thinking over it <laughs> i'm there's so many things because yeah we're still relying at least i am still relying on a lot of content being done at home even though like some stuff yes. is restarting we're still again my market is asia as well which impacts a lot of um, the stuff and and also there's going to be no matter where we go with all this which seems to be getting better but there's going to be also some inertia some stuff will still happen online no matter what right uh, yeah. for cost reasons for some actually clients that are very happy to have these type of setup um though again i'm going to buy next week for work and being on stage that would be really nice the uh, i mean new york new york i'll tell the story how it got there later in the show yeah, but new york very also being on stage that. that was really nice to be on stage because being in my socks at home is is amazing it's fun but it's not the same thing right mm -hmm. no Absolutely. Or being on stage with no public, which I've done as well. It's I've kinda... done that too, which is even more unnerving. Yes. So it'll be it'll be good to find that healthy balance. But as you say, for the time being, I mean, there's an expectation and a need to create content like this, just like we are right now. Yeah. And I think we've both invested in our setups to try and make it yeah, a little bit more. Too much. I'm starting. I'm starting setting some stuff on eBay because I have way too many. I think I ended with six cameras at some point. I was like, yeah, right. I don't have like a full fledged studio or something. <laughs> Yeah. However, I rented a, a, I rented a, and this is the last I'll talk about, I guess, because you're here for aviation, not for this. I rented a, a studio next door. Um, I'm still Southwest London. And um, I, I brought all my equipment there. It was great. It was like all white. You could create whatever you want. That was really cool to create like a different, uh, like a super big old factory. And uh, it was oh, a, it cool. was a bitch to, um, pardon my French, to soundproof. <laughs> it, was much more, oh, yeah. it was really nice. Yeah, I need to do that too. I have these panels sitting over there, and yeah, yeah, I haven't done yet. So sorry for the sound, guys. Oh, so back to uh, you. You remind me with your the the bit the this uh, panel you just had you that I think 
uh, I read that I have no notes, guys. I have a few notes jolted, but no notes. So pardon us for going in all directions today and and, and forwards because we're not going to take a lot of notes going forwards in our shows anyway. I, th- I remember that Emirates was doing the same. They 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 dismantled their first 380, and they were selling parts of the plane. And I think you could buy. I don't know if it has been sold because I haven't followed up. You could buy the bar. Mm. That would have been something great for your background, the bar, that, Emirates. That- yeah i mean <laughs> wow that's a great idea because you know you as so many of the of the pictures of these reclaimed parts they end up in in you know man caves and basements yeah. and home bars and stuff like that and just to be able to buy the bar wholesale is fantastic, fantastic. i love that and kudos to emirates because the the proceeds of all the sales of all, every single thing was going to charity i remember that so oh that's which nice is cool. i don't know that, that than, completely passed me by sorry it's a better idea than uh singapore because i read that singapore also destroyed their first um uh, 380 but they did it at changi for one reason is that uh, it would have cost them too much tax to mothball and try to sell parts so they basically ripped it off at changi and in, in situ and they didn't sell any parts for avoid taxes it's a bit sad i mean i would have liked to get sad. some of the pieces from a from a singapore airline trade <laughs> yeah that is a bit sad but I, yeah it is i what think it is. it's i think it's sad that we're seeing a380s being dismantled but there we are yeah, but I'm, I'm flying on one. So Emirates has put them um, back in disguise. I mean, they rely on them a lot, obviously. Um, yeah. So uh, that's your chance to fly them. A few airlines, BA, as you could do. As, I don't think you can do anymore, but because they were putting uh, pilots back in training, if you want, uh, not training, because they're not trainees, but they, you could fly London, Munich, and London, Madrid. Was it London, mm-hmm. Frankfurt, on a 380? Uh, there were a few flights like that around because, you know, they need to kind of retrain after like a year and a half, two years of not you know, using the 380. So that that was cool. So it's not the end of the 380. I mean, we know it's the end. I oh, think no. there's no more produced. And the last actually was delivered, I, I'm pretty sure now, to Emirates. But you can still have a chance for 10, 15 years, especially with Emirates. Um, BA promised they will. But Qatar, I think I will put them back. There's a, So there's still chances to, uh, to fly them. Talking about being... <laughs> stuff things being ripped off and qatar airways that story about the paint have you seen that yeah the is it the 350 that is happening yeah yeah that's that's crazy that is crazy but i think everybody when when all of the problems with this with the dreamliner were happening and i think arguably still continuing to happen Mm -hmm. it looked like the 350 program had, had managed to avoid anything major like that but not only was and my memory on this specific specific incident is sketchy, but not only was the paint peeling off, but when the paint was peeling off, it was revealing cracks in the material, right? That, like, hey, um, it's a big fight between Airbus and, and Qatar. And, and, yeah, and huge. because Qatar, I think, was on the losing end of the public argument, they actually released a video on YouTube. It's unlisted, but if you Google it, you'll find and there's a video of all the paint being away. Airbus says it's not a, um, and there's no 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 risk. Uh, Qatar says there is, and Qatar, the country, not the airline, the what's the name, the the authority has grounded the 350, not the other airlines. I mean, there have been reports of uh, uh, paints um, being re- off by, I think, Finnair as well or something, and um, but they haven't grounded them. So I, I I mean I don't know. Airbus is saying. 
you guys are trying to get other contract because of the pandemic and Qatar is saying, no, no, we want those to be repainted, I guess, because I'm not fully aware of all the details. What is crazy to me is how it's spelled over to a, a huge fight. I mean, Airbus ended up canceling the order of A321s, 50 of them, I think. That's that's like a 50, I don't remember. The, 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 amount, the amount of money is huge. It's a, we're talking billions and Airbus is canceling it. Then uh, Qatar, I don't know if I have the right timeline, is canceling the remainder of the 350. Then Qatar out of spite is ordering the new 777, I think it's XF, the freighter version of the X, which is not released yet anyway. So will it ever be done? We don't know. But it seems, it seems like two kids in a playground actually battling it over, but he will end up in court, I think. Uh, and it's pretty insane. I've rarely seen, I was not expecting Airbus in a time of crisis because, you know, there's less sales to cancel uh, such a big order. Probably they know that the 321 being so popular, they'll be able to fill the orders from someone else, but it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it 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 seems like a legitimate and actual fight, as opposed to a Michael O'Leary esque <laughs> tantrum as a negotiating tool, which he is famous for, and it seems very good at. This, Al this, Baker is pretty this, good at it as well, right? Though he he is good, which is why this seems slightly out of character because it it feels like they are. Both, can, both sides are convinced that they are absolutely right and they're not willing to step down on it. It's 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 a very strange, strange I think, story. I think Qatar is also buying by the, day. Uh, the, uh, the 737 MAX. I mean, we know how it is. Maybe they, they say, I mean, they did a MOU, whatever. Maybe they're expecting to put pressure on Airbus. I, I, we don't know the, you know, what's happening in the background. But it's, it's a very public uh, story. It's a very, um, and you wouldn't have expected that again in a time of um, a renegotiation on price would have been something. But that Airbus cancel its own orders and 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 Qatar. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, no. I think you're right about the because it's the three two X series that they know that they're going to be able to to send those orders exactly. elsewhere. And, and yeah. I think it was. Was it the Air Current or somebody? One of the um, the media um, journals said yesterday, day before yesterday, that there might actually be an aircraft shortage um, as as pandemic traffic uh, bounces back because so many things have been retired or mothballed that uh, that there's now people scrambling and. Yeah, and lines, that actually may yeah, and production lines by both Boring and Airbus have been reduced, obviously. So there's yeah. a catch-up moment, and there's a supply chain issue for everything nowadays. And these planes, especially yep. new ones, and the, and, and, a, rely and a personnel on, issues. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, yeah. But I think the three twenty one will be. I mean, and I flew. I'll tell you the story a little bit later. But I flew JetBlue to the US with a three twenty one, which is both great. They both kind of you know for me long haul travel. I mean, is it six seven hours? Is it long haul? Yeah, it is. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of associate that with wide bodies. <laughs> we said that in mm, other shows too. in the past. But it was a great experience. And I understand that aircraft that are more economical to run, um, like, like such as yeah. this one, uh, and is will be very successful. And so that's why, they, like you said, the 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 Airbus knows that they will sell like pancake hot pancakes. So there's no problem for them. Yeah. No, no they'll be fine. They'll be fine. So it does feel like a, a strategic blunder by Qatar, but I certainly. I don't proclaim to know all of the nuance to this. Guys, we're not experts. We're just no, guys just, rambling about just it. Just with opinions, yeah. <laughs>
uh, uh, since we just uh, we're still on one world. Um, I mean, we're still on one world. I am. I, I. That's the thing now that I have to actually commit to. Not commit yet, but I, I used to be gold on. I'm mean, still because they've all all the airlines have basically extended their status, but. I, I cannot sustain three goals anymore. <laughs> There's no way. No, me neither. So I've ha- I have to make a choice, right? One world or not. I'm pretty sure for you, one world, because that's what you've been using to go to the US and back most of the time, right? So you'll you'll keep with one world, right? Well, ah. uh, huh? it's funny because uh, in, during the pandemic, and I'm very sure we talked about this, Virgin did status matching. So I got gold on Virgin. And then I thought, okay, well, let's use this because I'm never going to travel on them. And then I did. And it was really, really good. <sighs> but I think, uh, uh-huh. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, it's, it's not an automatic thing, especially since Cathay's days are frankly numbered. Over. That that uh, that appeal and that, you know, access to the Cathay lounges, eh, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. Is it even I open in I, London? No. You know? No. No. It's not open. Uh-huh. Yeah, Kathy, I mean, we'll do that. In prob- I want to do an episode specifically about Hong Kong. There's a lot to say, and you probably will have a lot to say, especially about about, about Cathay, so maybe we'll not talk too much about it today. But uh, it's true that the attraction for uh, One World is, in terms of very high-quality airline, is Cathay, mm. which basically, mm. I mean, they're still minus 99.4 in terms of passenger traffic because yeah. 21 days to go to Hong Kong, quarantine, etc. I mean, it's... Anyway, sadly, it's very sad because it's an amazing airline. I'm very happy. I'll do, guys. I promise you. I've told you for two years now that I will tell the story about the first class I did from Hong It'll Kong almost to be like a bit an obituary. So <laughs> I will. Do. I will do because it was amazing. And the other was Qatar because Qatar. I know people find it sometimes controversial, but they're very good on pricing and they're very high quality as well. I mean, in business class, it's fantastic. So uh, I, here, I'm not saying that BA isn't because, of course, that's the first thing people would think. But BA, I mean, the, the new, the suite, uh, which I've flown a few times, is nice, but it's not. I would not put it up to Cathay. So, and I've never flown. So it's funny that you say that you've. Um, I should have done that. Uh, we've talked actually not on the podcast, but I think we were exchanging on status match for Virgin Atlantic because I'll be flying for the first time Virgin Atlantic in April to go on holidays. And now I regret not having gold because I'm like, I'm not even sure where I want to put the the points yet because I think I could put in on ANA on Singapore. But again, I mean, will I, you know, Japan is closed. I mean, it will maybe open, but it's still closed and Singapore is super hard to get to. I was supposed to go in November and didn't end up. It was too complicated. So um, yeah, but I'm very, 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 very looking forward using uh, Virgin Atlantic to Maybe yeah, I'll actually I'll do be- that, like you. Maybe I'll say, you know what? Actually, I'll put my money on Virgin. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't think there's. A, I mean, uh, the, the the one thing the pandemic pandemic has given me is the opportunity to try a few yeah. new airlines that I hadn't before, simply because uh, they the the frequencies were so low, yeah. and uh, some airlines stopped operating the routes completely that I didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. So that that's that was kind of fun, and you could see, oh wow, I, I, maybe I've been a little bit too loyal to in an abusive relationship, you know, <laughs> with some of these airlines, so when I could, you know, spread the love a little bit yeah, and, not, and not worry too much about re-upping my status because yeah. it was extended for, you know, for another year or whatever i think yeah most i think this year will be the year we'll start seeing those uh stopping the, the extensions because at mm-hmm. some point they will oh, yeah, have yeah. to i mean it's it's a risky it's it's because you know if you look at the numbers we're still down i i know depending on any like 
and let's you know put the wave of Omicron away because during the wave clearly the numbers crashed in Europe, crashed in domestic US as well. Not crashed the same way it crashed in March 2020, but it still they went down. But if you look globally, we're still at what 60 percent. 55, 60% of what it used to be. We're not there yet by far. Of course, the fact that China is basically all but closed and Japan is closed and uh, Australia and, and, and New Zealand are about to open. There's a lot of stuff that will get better, but it will take some time. I remember I said 2024, you know, we're still on 2024, 2025. I, th I think we're still there. Uh, that's the right timeline. But the, the, the most important is, the, um, is the, um, the business travelers and not you and me, we're talking corporate travel. At what point will they feel comfortable the big, you know, the big guys uh, letting all their guys uh, travel probably at the beginning won't be, or maybe ever. I don't think ever because I'm very cautious with that word. But uh, they not will they won't allow everyone to travel, so there will be less travel. So maybe the big the airlines will be cautious about not extending because they want to keep the contracts and not let an Apple, which is linked with United, or I don't know Microsoft. I think they also were United. Everybody's reunited mm -hmm. to let them go because you know if they say, "Oh, you all lost your status," maybe then they will look elsewhere. So I don't know where how that will pan out. To be honest with you, but it's true for us. It's uh, we have maybe less pressure. We'll say, you know what? Let's see what what's best in the in the in the market. Um, yeah. Have you seen the um, since one one world? Have you seen the um, the new Finnair business class that was just announced? I have. I, it is quite divisive. <laughs> it is, right? So it's, it's funny because all the headlines uh, were going with it doesn't recline, which, uh, but you know what? Tell me if I'm wrong, because maybe you have a better memory than me and you know maybe more than me, not maybe, you know surely more than me. Mm. Don't you, when I see the scene, and guys, if you haven't seen it, Google, Google it. When you see the scene, don't you think it was the seat that was uh, leaked that could have been the seat of BA. It looks yeah, exactly yeah. the same. That's didn't Johnny at the designer say? I, I I think he said that. Okay. It's finally been brought into life. I I might be dreaming that, but I'm very I'm pretty sure that he said. Uh, maybe I didn't read them. To to be honest, I'm, I'm sorry, no, no, Johnny. I think, I should have. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I think I think that I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's. It, it was the one that we all. We're like, well, that's that's kind of weird. And actually, they threw it through a curveball because the BA product ended up being nothing like that. Yeah. And this one actually, um, they've they've uh, Finnair and somebody else I think is going to be using it oh, as well. But fin, Finnair have released it as yeah. well as a new premium economy for their for their long haul. Yeah, three thirties and three fifties. Which kind of sucks because they were the they were a really great option for getting to Northern yeah. Asia. Yeah. So look, Korea, Japan, look, I, China. I reserve my judgment because they don't recline, but I've seen the videos, the official ones, and also some non-official ones. Um, no one, uh, there's no reviews. I mean, I don't think it's flying yet. I don't think so, mm. at least. No. Today, uh, again, did I say today, tw 17th of February, 2022? No, 2020, we're before the pandemic. We don't know about anything. <laughs> but, uh, so um, I, at first I was very skeptical. I was like, it doesn't recline, but there's, when I saw the video first, they're fins, so they're tall. And I looked at it, when you are in a lie down position, you have nearly two meters, 198 centimeters. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that in inches, guys, you, you, you do that. No, neither do I. <laughs> um, and so meaning I, I fit, maybe, I mean, maybe barely, but I, I fit. Um, the, the idea is that there's uh, one, so there's an ottoman, which is always there, and there's a seat. 
And in between, there's two pieces. One that rises up, you know, it supports your ties. We have that in many airlines, like for many seats. This one is is um, um, with, a, uh, with a motor, so you press a button. And then there's a second bit, which makes the whole thing flat if you want, and that's, you, you have to do it manually. So, yeah, it's maybe not as useful as pressing a button, but it doesn't seem to be very hard. And it allows you to create this kind of loungy, I was almost about to say the the old 380 Singapore when it's super wide. So you can, you can, you know, sit in so many different positions once you're watching, watching a movie, for instance. Um, will that be it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, it, it seems to be. I, I'm waiting. I'm holding judgment. I, I, it feels that a cubicle for the feet is a bit narrow, but isn't that the case for a lot of airlines nowadays anyway, uh, even yeah. in business? Uh, I don't know. The one, the one thing I, I, I think is for the airline point of view, there's less mechanical issues potentially, so less repairs, and probably less weight, because there's no engines, like 25 engines to move, move the seat, don't you think? I don't know. Uh, no, I think you're right. In fact, it's funny you say that, because I've been reading a lot on Flyer Talk about the new, the, three, the BA380s coming back into service, and there being so many seats that are inoperable because they've been sat for two years. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so so you know you're trying to make it do whatever the BA seats do, and the three uh, three eighty, which would be the oh the the yin and yang seats, yin and yang, and they they don't they don't work, uh, <laughs> or or some major component fails because they haven't been able to test all of them because they've been sitting so so I can see, and it was it was Priestman Good, who are in London, who originally came up with the design for yeah, the correct. Seat. Thank you. Because they say Collins, but I think that's not the name. Oh, yeah, exactly. Collins were the manufacturer. Manufacturer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Priestman Good were the ones who came yeah. up with the idea in the first place. And I think that, I think you're absolutely right. That reduction in, in, in motors for the seats is going to be hugely appealing to, to, to airlines. And I know, that, I mean, reading what Johnny said, he said it's, it's revolutionary and it will, it will be how airlines operate going forward. Because really, you're not losing any comfort. You're not. You're not uh, compromising on that foot space because, like you said, everybody has the same issue with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try it. And as yeah. soon as Northern Asia, Korea, Japan open back Whenever up they again, open. <laughs> oh, I know. It's killing me, man. But I, 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 you know, they are a great option. And as soon as they do open up, those countries open up, I think you're going to have a little bit of a fair war. Yeah which I shall most assuredly be taking advantage of. <laughs> have you seen, uh, because you've traveled more than me, so have you seen a real difference in pressing? I mean, I know it's a feeling from before, maybe during and now. I mean, of course, now we've seen, especially from the UK, since there's no more testing at all. You yeah. can, guys, you can come to the UK without testing. I mean, if you're vaccinated, double. Uh, if you're not, you still have to do a, a test, but... Um, even with the booking rising, have you seen a, a massive different pricing on your uh, latest bookings, or is it um, like similarly like the 2019? I have. I, it, it, they feel reasonable. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, there's occasional routes where you're like that's actually in short haul seems to be to be higher, yeah. but because the demand is still there is creeping back up and capacity is not. But yeah. on you know, to Dubai and to the U.S., um, the the trends that were there pre-pandemic with why is that city always so freaking expensive are, are are still there. I mean, I went to San Francisco probably once every six weeks for yeah. over a year. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, yeah. And I used a variety of methods to pay for that, some miles, some cash, and it was reasonably consistent. Um, did creep higher when... 
in like, I don't know, early 2021 when things were coming back, but capacity wasn't. Yeah. Uh, well, of course. Yeah. But yeah, no, now it feels reasonable. Yeah, I, I'm going to do. So it's true that I would. I mean, you've heard me guys often saying that I'm in Dubai because it was, I was flying a lot of Emirates, but most of the time, let's say 80% of the time, I was trying and I was succeeding at combining Dubai with something else, which means yeah. that I rarely paid the price just back and forth to Dubai. And I just did that because now combining with something else first, it's such a pain with, you know, validation and tests oh. and whatever, because the rules, they, they change less than in the past uh, three months because during Omicron, it was just insane. Like, you know, cr countries were changing their rules like every three days, like back in the good old days of the pandemic. Yeah. But uh, it's still, you know, Asia is close. So where do I go? And I said, okay, I'm just going to go to Dubai anyway. I didn't have any work elsewhere. But um, it's the pricing I'm seeing is exactly like 2019, as in expensive yeah. with Emirates. I didn't, I didn't try with uh, with BA or anyone else. I wanted to 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 try Emirates again. So it's there's no difference. But it was always expensive. Um, um, so I'll see if the planes are full. They seem on expert flyer to be pretty full actually not like 100% but the loads seemed pretty full yeah. and um i don't know it's uh, i mean this week obviously it was the holidays for the kids here in in the uk so maybe that's not the best time to check for loads but um yeah and uh, but the rest at the us for instance uh i cannot it seemed when I was looking for a pricing to go to new york and that was in november i mean i went in november so i was looking like in october it didn't feel diff much different from 2019. <laughs> no, no, and I think what's going to be interesting is that with these with these new, what do they call them? So they're not called monopolies anymore. Um, joint joint ticketing ventures or something. You're going to see a little bit more. And as BA and uh, American integrate their services more and more. Remember, pre-pandemic, there was the rumor that American was going to base themselves out of T5. I think that's going to happen. And now they're going to share a terminal in New York at JFK. So that's going to continue to happen. My worry is if you don't ha continue to have people like JetBlue coming in, that we will start to see those prices well, yeah. creep up. I mean, which we said is that I think from the start, bad. there will be some consolidation because even though some airlines, I mean, there were, of course, uh, airlines that failed, but a lot of airlines are f weak. I mean, some of them yeah. owe so much money back to governments uh, in various ways. Some did uh, lease all their planes, so they at some point you need to pay the bills, right? Because they got a lot of loans uh, either from the aircraft or simply direct loans, and you'll have to pay them. And when we see inflation coming up, which means that interest rates are coming up, they already came up here in the UK, I think twice. In the US, they are about to. I mean, interest certainly free money doesn't exist anymore, right? So yeah. uh, that will in impact the airlines as well because they will have to pay those loans back, right? So um, we might see an increase in pricing in, in, in again, maybe in line with inflation, maybe more. I don't. I, I honestly, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just, no, I, it, I think we're we're in uncharted territory here. But I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the U.S. airlines are showing record profit per quarter again because they've trimmed their operations. So. You know, when you look at the at the at the balance sheets, they actually look re reasonably healthy. And now, wh what's biting most of Amer the American corporate world in the butt is they can't hire people fast enough. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's so, pretty much the case anywhere, actually. There yeah, is a, true. It's definitely the case here. There's in the a UK wage well. war. I mean, it depends 
because I know not everybody listening to this will be in one of the sectors that is affected, but you can see wages creeping up uh, because talent is um, hard to find. Um, Of course, it's unfair because the higher you are in the talent grade, if you want, the more (laughs) your salary will go up. And maybe uh, if you're a gig worker, it's not going to happen. I mean, we sadly know that, but uh, it's true that a lot of the cost seems to be uh, to be higher, so it's going to be a very interesting to see what that leads to. It's very, very you know, we had. I mean, it, we're, the pandemic is not over. I, I mean, we feel it's much better. Let's you know, let's not. We're not in twenty twenty anymore. We built immunity, immunity walls pretty much everywhere. It's. I mean, bearing another variant, we don't know, whatever. Uh, it seems to be better, but as soon as now we see, you feel the economic um, output where the supply chain issues with inflation, with <laughs> wage wars, and that's going to be another unknown, not to mention, of course, some dissension in the world next door in Ukraine and other places. So um, uh, it's very, <laughs> very hard, uh, hard to read, but I just hope we can fly. I can hope we can fly to Asia. Do you have any... What do you think? When do you think we can be able to fly to Asia? I mean, Hong Kong, I'm, I'm, I've written off as a, you know, I can't keep torturing myself with that hope. No. But Japan, I mean, maybe by the summer. Yeah, I think so too. I, so I they sure just made an so. announcement, but it was mis. The headlines were misleading because I looked into it. So they made an announcement they're going to open for more non-residents, visitors in March. So basically, in two weeks. I first said, yay, so they say they're going to, so they have a cap of 3,500 arrivals per day. They're going to do that to go to 5,000. It's still a very, very low, by the way. What I read is that it will be for business travel, so not tourism, and you'll still have to do three days of self-isolation quarantine and not seven. So you don't go for just a week if you have to do three days already in, in quarantine. And probably, because that's the rule right now, Business travel is not Alex and me saying, oh, we're here for business. Mm -hmm. You have to have a letter of invitation by a local company, which is responsible for you during your travel, blah, blah, blah. They might even have, I think currently they have to pick you up at the airport and drive you back at the airport or something like that. I think they're Mm -hmm. like responsible, legally liable for Alex and Paul being in Japan. But I think by the summer, at least the, the way it goes for whether it's vaccination, et cetera, the wave of Omicron they're having, which will peak at some point, I think they will open in which it might, you know what? It might be just super, 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 super slow. At some point we're opening and everything opens. It could be the summer. I agree with you. I hope so. Yeah, I agree with you. Hong Kong, I mean, it's China now. So China has built uh, these massive quarantine operations next to airport. They have like 5,000 beds next to to big airports in China, which kind of hints that they are for in for the long run on that zero COVID strategy. Hong Kong is part of it, and they're prioritizing travels with Hong, with mainland China. Uh, whether pressure or not, that's another discussion. But I, so yeah, I don't think I'm like you. I think I. For me, I don't have your level of emotional attachment to Hong Kong. Uh, I'd say I, I would like to go, and especially I would like to fly Cathay, but I really don't see it uh, happening anytime soon, sadly. No, you have Honestly. to forgive me. Um, my wife just got her visa. So. Oh, just now? Do you want to just go now. and... No, no, no. I saw, I told her that if I was recording to message me if she got it. We, we only did the biometric appointment this morning, and she got the visa today. Is so, it, hooray, that's good. You said wife, so do you want? Yes, to I got married. I got married while we, uh, while we were, since we last recorded. 
<laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. you've been waiting to do that this whole yeah, time. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just, I just had to. Wow, congratulations, man! Thank congratulations. You. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for her. Wow, that's, yeah. that was that went very fast. I'm really happy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The visa thing is a very interesting process, but it means that now we can. We can go off on our honeymoon, which has given me a massive flight planning project, which maybe we'll talk about I know, later. Because but... That's basically how Alex and I kind of reconnected on flights is because he was asking me questions about Dubai and Emirates. And uh, oh, but by the way, I mean, let's not spoil maybe where you're going to go. It's fine. We can talk about it when you go. I know, obviously. But the one very interesting tidbit is that you you booked a flight on Emirates uh, with uh, on economy wanting to upgrade, um, I do that very often as well. Yeah, because so, you know you have the miles, and automatically Emirates is very transparent, so great because you know it's going to cost you like I don't know thirty thousand miles, and you just press a button. But you couldn't do it. It was you were ineligible, although you were an economy flex, and we kind of thought both of it. What what's happening? You you were the one that cracked this. Yes, and you're right. I mean, one of the many reasons why I love Emirates is um, for that exact reason. You can get a sense of. Although it's actually shrouded a little bit, but you, they used to have on the on the flight matrix of all of yes. your options the symbol that was like you can absolutely upgrade this okay. flight. There's a ton of availability, even if it's not there. You once you booked, it was very easy. The the redemption rates were were pretty fair. I mean, Etihad now is is almost to the point of of being a joke with how many miles you need to upgrade. Really? Oh mm -hmm. wow! Which is a shame. Um, oh, I didn't know but, that. Thank God, because I'm about to lose my miles, and I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them. Yeah, it's kind of charity or something. It's kind but of sorry, sucks, but, interrupted you. But Go they, ahead. um, what I, I wanted to 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 book an economy, and they tell you how many miles, like while you're booking, yeah. and, I love and whether you yeah. can and when you can. It's very very useful. Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, great. And it didn't have that symbol, but I felt good looking on Expert Flyer, as you said, mm. and I booked it. And I'm I'm going to the we're going to the Maldives, and oh you said it oh there you go yeah yeah we're going to yeah and you were <laughs> instrumental in helping me make that choice, but oh wow now I have a lot of pressure I so yeah it, it, right. it better be good <laughs> you we um, so you go London Dubai Dubai Mali and the Maldives, and it shows after I booked and it was a very reasonable fare we're on one way um, because coming back to do some other things on the way back. And then you're taken straight into your manage my booking thing, and it shows the two segments. And another great thing about Emirates is that you it's very easy to upgrade individual segments yep. and not the whole flight and all of that stuff. Yeah, so great. Mm -hmm. And on the Mali, Dubai Mali, it said, uh, there's no availability. Do you want us to turn on auto upgrade? Another great feature. Yeah, I love it. Activate that. If you got enough miles, it will automatically snag a seat for you as soon as it's released. Phenomenal idea. So I turned that on. On the London Dubai leg, it said ineligible. So different language. One was says not available because there's no seats. The other said ineligible. I thought that's weird. And I'm looking at Expert Flyer. There's a ton of space. And so I called the Emirates up, and the guy's like trying to tell me like, no, dude, it's just because there's no flight. And then he's looking at it. He's looking at it, really, really nice guy. He's like, I can't. This doesn't make any sense. He's like, you're on the right fare. There's there is availability in business for reward seats, but this. 
as he's so he's like, do you want me to just move you to another flight where I can absolutely see this and I can just do it right now? I was like, no, 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 hold on a second. And I messaged you and you were the first person to go, aha, I think I know what this is. It is on a flight that has premium economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Emirates premium economy is not being sold as a separate fare bucket right now. No, until the summer. They'll start this summer, apparently. Yeah. So what the way you get it is, and it's either one mile, at, I think it's one mile at a time, uh, have a great article on this. And basically, you book into economy, and then you go onto the seat map afterwards, yeah, and you can view. pick like you know, an exit row for an extra 50 quid or a bulkhead for another 20 quid or whatever. And, but you can book one of these, although they look like a normal economy seat yeah, there's for no 300 design. quid. Yeah. And I was like, 300 quid, How? what the hell's, <laughs> they're the new premium economy seats, which look which great. fantastic. But yeah. it seems that it has broken the upgrade system for that's strange uh, for this so so you you cracked the 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 case i panicked (laughs) and i because i was your honeymoon well wanted a guarantee i well also i'm cheap so i was like do i want to pay another 600 quid to to try this economy premium economy for 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 science and be it come back on the show and talk about it or do i want to just go and i there's a there is a chance that uh, we will be on a flight that has it as well, which means we get the refreshed business class product as well, because they're coming straight from the from the yeah. factory with this new this entirely new cabin. Yeah. But I don't. I it's it doesn't really matter because it's such a strong product anyway that it, it whether it's uh, you know. But you cracked it, and so it it it's always on Emirates EK thirty. I think. No, wait, that's the one I'm flying with, but I'm flying right. in business class. Holy cow. So, well, at least you get the new one. Wow. So, it might be because that's the one I'm flying, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I really, hope I'm, I'm, I really hope I'm right because... Um, well, anyway, I'm not going to change your flight just for that because I'm already in business anyway, which I paid for. So, this is not an upgrade. So, this is why maybe I didn't see your whole ineligible process. But wow, I'm very, very, very curious. I'm going to go downstairs to see if I can see it. Well, you'll know. Right. Be- yeah, I mean, because it looks fantastic. It looks better it looks than amazing. any anybody else's premium economy. The, I, either one mile at a time or one of those prolific um, points bloggers, the points guy maybe actually even, he did it from New York to Athens. You know that they've got that yeah, yeah, fifth freedom uh, route. Yeah, yeah. And he said that the seat was amazing. It's all great. Amazing, blah, 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 blah. But they were doing economy catering. Oh, it's the product is still not there, yeah. The physical product is there, but the soft product is soft not product there. And yeah. But he said, it makes like, sense. For, I mean, for, for 300 quid, like, totally worth it. Yeah, you know, because you're going to be such paying. a long flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Because uh, what I read, so I read that they will start giving available, so basically making it bookable in the summer. The reason is that they only have, I think, six, maybe that that news is old now, but they only had six 380, which are fitted with premium economy, which then makes very little sense to sell it maybe. Or maybe they'll find a way when you try to book and they'll tell you, you have to fly this, this, 
EK30 or the uh, another one to being able to fly premium economy. They're receiving, like you said, they're refurbishing some, and the new ones also have it. So I'm very curious to see because I read an article, the again, you know, we haven't spoken in forever, that uh, said, uh, was it in Bloomberg that uh, premium economy has become the most profitable real estate in the oh, aircraft? I believe it. Uh, I believe we, it we said you're I think, many times orders of magnitude more, yeah. and it's but it's 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 not. Like okay, so you know, for 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 point of illustration, like to get from London to Malé and the Maldives in the economy, I think it was like like four hundred and twenty pounds one way, one way, mm-hmm. which is not bad. No, no, it's not bad. In business, it was like five thousand pounds. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's and and the I think that premium economy, the the, the real estate it takes, like one seat, is ten percent more on average yeah. because, of course, it will depend on which premium economy we're talking than coach. Whereas business nowadays is first fifteen years ago, so you have you massive seats. Everybody needs to have a access because that's the thing everybody expects. Suddenly, mm-hmm. of course, the real estate is very uh, it's very premium to use the same term. So yeah, if it, uh, we we said, I remember we said, I don't know at which point we said that. We already said before the pandemic. But I think one of our episodes during it, we said that it's going to be the winner the, after the, uh, the the pandemic because maybe with corporates reducing travel spend with people wanting a little bit more comfort but a like reasonable you know upgrade price that yeah I think um, I think we're going to see a lot of these products being iterated upon I'm very I'm very happy to fly I've like the secret I mean it's not a secret for you I've never flown premium economy in my life never I've seen it but I've never flown premium economy so I'll, I'm very curious to fly I'm going to the Caribbean so for holidays with uh, Virgin Atlantic it's like nine hours yeah nine and a half hours or something mm-hmm. um, to go there and I went with premium economy and like you it was like okay I booked very late for many reasons so premium economy was expensive but, but I said out of curiosity I said okay well, how much is business and business was like Seven thousand pounds yeah. return. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> no insane. Way. It's insane. And so that you know, you definitely have a a a a large and growing part of the traveling public, almost exclusively leisure travelers, yeah, who are looking for something a little bit more aspirational and and yeah. comfortable, and are willing to to spend another you know, 50 to 75% of a, of an economy ticket on top of it to get access to that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I can see why it's becoming very, very attractive to, 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 to airlines. Yeah. And I think I've read, don't quote me on that guys, but I think I had read that Lufthansa said that they were generating, I think a third more money than coach with the seat economy. So if you, if you compare that to what I just said, which ten percent more real estate, I mean, it just makes sense, right? It's a uh, and like you said, a lot of a lot of leisure travels, which currently is a majority. If you go to any aircraft, I've flown only once, but all my friends, including you, say, yeah, we see business travelers, but we see a lot of, even in premium, so in, in business class or premium economy, we see a lot of leisure travels these days, and. Perhaps people who haven't traveled for two years and, you know, suddenly they want to splash out or they've saved money, whatever. Um, it's it's a great business model. I think we'll see yeah. more and more. I'm, I'm, uh, I might actually just start to fly that instead of f- trying to fly business every time. Yeah. Also simply because the upgrade will be now two upgrades. <laughs> exactly. I think that's another, I mean, for a lot of these BA, like with Miles, you have, they will only do a single cabin upgrade. They, you know, so if you book into economy, the only way you can upgrade with Miles yeah. is to the next cabin. But interestingly, you know, when I was doing these regular trips back to the to the U.S., 
economy, premium economy was, was wasted money because I would get a whole row of four seats in economy yeah, myself no because yeah. the flights were empty Yeah, in the last, uh, Four flights I've done to the U.S. I've looked longingly into the premium economy cabin for a little bit more space, you know, because they were just rammed and uncomfortable, and I, you know, and I was I hated it. So you know, but now I can absolutely see the appeal, especially with these new, you know, are we going to get a an arms race in premium economy? How great uh, would that interesting. be? Interesting. Know? So let's let's see if if we still do this podcast in 20 years, this premium economy becomes business and we have like a new, another <laughs> new thing in the middle because that's, if you look at premium economy, especially the one from Emirates, it's like you're looking at business class 20 years ago. Yeah. To a certain extent, not exactly, but there is, you know, it was not it's all real access, it was 222 or 232. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, we'll see. Talking about, uh, talking about uh, um, Emirates, I, I want to have your um, opinion on the, because I, I kept receiving emails about it. I'm not going to do it, but I find it's a very interesting proposition. So their Miles program is called Skywards, and they've introduced something called Skywards Plus. Uh, everybody does Plus, Apple TV Plus and <laughs> Disney Plus. And, so it's not a TV channel uh but it's a subscri subscription package and you pay i think the first it's either 399 we're talking dollars here 399 a year 699 or 999 so basically a thousand and you get uh airport lounge access extra baggage allowance bonus skyward malls on top miles on top of what you would have with your uh, status the preferential cash and miles or miles upgrades uh a lot of basically you you pay a subscription to have more for the equivalent that like, like let's say if you pay 9.99 which is the gold package uh you get accelerated miles gain etc so i think if you travel i mean at first i was a bit cynical i'm like oh they need money so this is a way to you know <laughs> to put some money in the coffers but if you fly very regularly emirates which i used to and i might not do now for at least a foreseeable future because i'm going to travel a bit less a thousand per year, if I'm already gold and I'm accelerating, I can upgrade more. At some point, maybe I need to do an expert spreadsheet, but at some point, maybe it actually makes sense. Yeah. I, don't know. I think Emirates are one of the few airlines that can get away with this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because their, their reward program is, is so good, like we were just saying, and because their lounges, especially in Dubai, are so good that... You know, as you say, I think it's like a hundred and you were just telling me the other day, a hundred and something bucks to get in just for a single, single visit. Um, that That's one of the few lounges in the world where I'm like, mm, it might actually be worth it. But, you know, <laughs> am I going to pay a hundred pounds to get into the BA? Absolutely freaking not. No way. Yeah. So I think that yeah. it's, you know, and then with everything else, I've got priority pass or I've got my, my, my Amex card, which will get me into thousands of lounges. Will it get me into the Emirates lounge? No, it will not. So I can, it's smart. I'm going to have to dig into this. I haven't, <laughs> I have also not pulled the trigger, um, but I, you're right. I think there's, and I'm sure somebody has already done the, the geekery Matt. to figure out whether or not this is worth it or at what point it does become worth it. So. I'm sure that if I had that, let's say in 2018, was it the year I flew the most with Emirates? There's a year I think it was pretty sure I would have gotten even more possibility to upgrades because I would have gotten more miles over all the flights I've done, et cetera. So there's a spillover. I don't know. I would have, I don't know if I'm, 
good enough at math to have made the calculation myself. <laughs> it's an interesting, I don't know how many people, because of course they didn't reveal anything, how many people picked that proposal up and who signed up, whatever. I'll see with, I mean, you'll see, I'll fly with uh, Emirates just before you if they actually are talking about it at the lounge or something. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It would be uh, interesting. Talking, you said the lounge of Emirates, the lounge of Qatar is also one of my favorites in, in Doha. I haven't, I have no plans to, to, to fly them, sadly, but just a quick mention because we're talking seats. The um, so for the the Dreamliner, and of course the three twenty one. But now that they canceled the order, I don't know what that stands. But they uh, they unveiled a new Q suite. It's not a Q suite. It's more like the BA suite. So it's basically a a normal seat with a door. Mm. I'm just saying that that if you guys you know plan like Alex, you would plan on a honeymoon. Make sure that if you want the actual Q switch with a very high door and feel like a cubicle, you need to go on the um, 350 for sure. Mm. Because simply the, the the Dreamliner is narrower. So I think they couldn't fit these things in the Dreamliner. That's it, I think. Well, I, yeah, I haven't tried. I haven't experienced the Q suites yet, and I was looking to try and get down there on it. But it's amazing. <laughs> again, COVID restrictions make it so make everything that was once simple very very difficult. So yeah. The multi-city travel is the one that for me bites me because it's uh, even Emirates now it's 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 ironed out. But we have I think thirty-five countries in the world have a specific rule to enter Dubai with a PCR test, which is the general rule is seventy-two hours PCR test uh, supervised in a clinic before you travel. The UK is forty-eight hours, along with thirty-five, thirty-four, whatever other countries in the world. But the thing is, is when you let's like you when you fly emirates you're actually not flying to dubai you're flying to mali so to the maldives so that rule applies but of course with those layovers it was a bit of uncertainty at the beginning some people were denied boarding not only with emirates with other airlines doing these kind of trips with layovers because like where the you know especially during the omicron wave all the everything was changing every day so that makes this multi it's not that i've written them off but for the moment i'm not thinking I'm going to do it's, what I used to do difficult. Mo- because it's and too complicated. It's stressful. I mean, I, I researching this, uh, as you said, like Emirates, the Dubai airport website and the UAE government website all say different things about whether or not you yeah. need to do the 48 hour for transit. Um, yeah, because also because UAE, uh, Abu Dhabi is super strict. You need mm-hmm. like a PCR, PCR on arrival, sign up on an app, getting a green pass, whereas and have a vaccine proof. Whereas Dubai says no vaccine proof, only PCR is enough because they want the tourism, obviously. So it's 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 it's. I took a long time as well to try to understand what the hell I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, it's stressful as well because you're right. You don't want to get to the airport and then say nope. <sighs> You know, and that's yeah, one and of the reasons they, say this, they specify, which I understand, but they specify the type of PCR test and that you need a QR code on it. So I, yep. I took one, but then I called them and say, do you provide a QR code? Because I tried emailing them and they said, we're going to get back to you in five months. So I'm going to try to call them and wait for 35 minutes on the line because all these guys are super busy because all these questions are hard to... I wish there was a provider we could simply put the... The destination but they all have their shortcomings i mean i'm not mm. dissing them because they're you know it is what it is but it, it and they also have to follow rules that change a lot so yeah. it's it's you know, it's tiring it's 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 stressful and it's made the whole thing a lot less fun than it used to be yeah. of of trying to you know oh i'll just go i'll go via doha so i can try this product yeah. or we were we were thinking about doing a side trip to oman and it was it was just 
you know, I wanted to, you know, and I'm glad you told me about this actually, because I was thinking on the way home, because we're going to spend some time in Dubai on the way home, we'll just go over to Abu Dhabi and fly back on, uh, on Etihad because I've got a ton of credit from a canceled flight right at the beginning of COVID. And you said, Hey, you should, you should check the restrictions. Sure enough, it's just too much hassle. It's too like, much hassle. Like even the taxi driver or the Uber driver, Karim, would have to have a green pass, him or herself, which means would have to have a test, even though he or she is vaccinated, you too as well. And then you have a PCR upon entry in which, in case you are positive, you are sent back. You're not authorized entry. You're sent back to the Emirates where you came from, which is Dubai for you. But then Dubai will have been warned for that. And then you get into a, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's just, uh, of course, the chances of getting uh, COVID are low, but they exist, right? That's the, for me, the fact that the UK doesn't have any pre-travel testing on the way back is great because at least you shouldn't get One less stuck thing. abroad yeah. because for me, that was the biggest issue. That's why I canceled actually a few trips. I was, I did New York and I'll come to that just after this. I did New York and then I was supposed to go to Singapore and uh, Athens and Geneva. Geneva is to see my brother. Uh, and Athens just went into quasi-lockdown. You remember was when the Baltics went to lockdown and Austria went to lockdown, the Netherlands went to lockdown and everybody was going, I'm not, I'm not going if it's locked down and I can't do any, yeah. and I cannot do anything. Switzerland was going, oh, you need to do a one week self-isolation if you come to Switzerland. So yeah, well then I'm not gonna stay one week in, you know, inside a hotel room or something, so forget it. And in Singapore, it was so complicated, man. It was, it is still, they have these special lanes, you know, VTL, they call it vaccinated lanes, mm. which strangely enough, only two out of three flights, one at the first, yeah. then, two out of three daily flights to Singapore have. So, and of course the one which is not a vaccinated lane is cheap. The two other were super expensive. And then you had to do like two tests before one, uh, there was a total of five tests. I mean, and, and also suddenly Singapore said, oh, you can only meet two, uh, um, maximum group of two. So I said, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going. Yeah. But then, well, and then they expanded to five, but even with five, suddenly you had to pre-travel to go back to the UK. I'm not afraid of getting, if I get it, I get it, but it just, I don't want to be stuck. That's and, the thing. And it also, I mean, so I'm, I'm happy about, I'm, I'm happy that the, the UK doesn't ask, ask this, and I'm saying that as a non-scientist, but at least I, I think, I think it's okay. But it's still complicated because if you add multiple cities, multiple trip like we used to do, when do you take the test? Is the test, are you going to be able to find a relevant test in the country that you're not a citizen of to fly? Not all airports. I mean, now many big airports have tests on site, but they're very expensive because you need a return in two hours, basically, because you need to fly just after it. Yeah. It's so complicated. It's it's going to get better, but right now it's, man, it's, and imagine you and me are willing to try and understand the rules. Yeah. I mean, you get caught otherwise. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's so complicated and they change all the time. As I said, last time we recorded it's, you know, what was, what was fact a week ago is now obsolete. It's, it's difficult and it's tiring and it's confusing and it just sort of, it sucks a lot of the joy out of, yeah, uh, out of this. That's true. Though I was still fun trying to find uh, my flight to the, but maybe because I'm going to ask you at least about two or three flights, you're not going to go, but there's one, if I may, because I think before I talk about mine, I think you went to the US to San Francisco for a couple of hours or something. I want to know about that one, because that was a long time ago that we're talking about just after recorded that September yeah. 
Oh, by the way, I want to thank Lake again because I met Michael G. Wilson, the, the producer of, of Bond. Cool. I think that's the closer I'll ever get to Bond royalty. Sorry, completely wow. relevant. So how did so tell me tell us about that story of you getting for basically to the airport and back for science. <laughs> no, <laughs> for science. Kidding. Yeah. Well, I went um my now wife is from California and I when she decided to move over here, I said, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and get you. Um, you're amazing, man. Well, you know, it's complicated. I didn't want her, you know, she was on a, yeah. on a, a, a specific type of visa. You're right, but not every, I, and I, I feel you because I would have probably done the same. I'm saying not everybody does it. So there you go. It felt like the right thing to do. And I, it, and I, I didn't have a lot of time because um, I only had a certain period of time where um, I was, I, I didn't have the kids with me. So I booked a flight uh, to go to San Francisco and on BA And just an observation on BA, when in the in the height of the pandemic, they the crews were so friendly, and I, I'm sure I relayed some of the stories of just kindness yeah, and proactivity, and you know just just you know they'd sit down and have a chat with you, and they'd bring you pillows and stuff from first because if you're you know, and and the first meals or the the champagne or whatever. Towards the end, you know, in the last six months, gone, and you are just another body you know just to be which was which was kind of a shame however i um i flew over there and just as we were coming into land ba still had the exit by groups and very very yeah. slow and i and i ordinarily i was like i'm a big fan of this social distance as much as you can but i i as we were come you know uh maybe top of descent i pressed the call button as and i just said listen um i gotta have I got to get back on the same plane and come back. And the guy's like, what? I don't understand you. He's like, you, are you worried about leaving something? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm flying here. I'm getting off the plane and I'm getting straight back on this plane. And he's like, are you mental? And I said, and I explained why I was doing it. And it rippled through the cabin crew who grabbed me, put me in the business, empty business class seat that was nearest the door. And We had a long approach and I'm looking at my watch going, uh, okay, I got to get out through immigration, check back, meet my, my fiance, check in because she's got like her life's possessions Life. with her and, and, and get, and I'm looking at the clock and we were late because of a mechanical issue on the way out. Anyway, we land and then they, they couldn't get the jet bridge onto the plane. It was like the most excruciating thing to watch of like, get it and then back up again and then get it and then back up again. And I was like, and and oh, the crew were sharing my angst because they had all figured out what was going on. So the door opens, they grab me and fling me out and they're like, go, go, go. And then uh, there's a huge line uh, at immigration, even for US passport holders, because everybody's oh, going wow. through. Estipa yeah, only, yeah. Everybody. And there's one desk open. And I don't usually get frustrated in situations like that, but I was starting to lose my temper a little bit because they had one desk. And yeah. the, the cabin crew, after they got everybody off the airplane, came through and saw me at the, you know, chewing my knuckles. And they're like waving, like, like come over here, come with us. To the and crew so line? They took me through the crew line and the guy like raises his eyebrow and they're like, he's with us. And so I go through. 
wow and I, and I i meet um my fiance and at check-in and i check ch- check us in and i paid for us to be upgraded because BA, we're still doing these reasonably good value. Uh, yeah. um, these are gone, by the way, guys. It's over now. Yeah, these yeah. these airport upgrades. And so I put us in business class. She didn't know that um, until we boarded. Oh, that's nice. And so we had the yin and yang facing each other. And the crew were like, evidently, some message had been passed. And the crew were like, congratulations. You know, what What nice. can we get you? And here's, and then as we were coming into land, and, and my my now wife had never been in business class long haul. That's so amazing. she was really enjoying it. She slept like a baby and and all of that. And the food was good. And as we were, you know, just wrapping up the, the cabin for landing, the, the, the woman who was looking after us came up and g- gave us a card that had been signed by the entire crew saying, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Hunter on your blah, 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 a bottle of champagne and a, and a box of chocolates. And I was That's like, "That's amazing! what airline am I on? <laughs> this is so out of character, which made it even, even more well, wonderful. I mean, I've obviously never been in that specific situation, but the one thing I would always give BA is that they they know how to do this graciously. When they, I've I've had stuff that was very. It felt that with many other airlines I've flown, a lot of it was oh because I had status or because I was you know yeah. whatever. But the little touches of just being nice because you've been a great passenger. I mean, that's the extent of why I got in a few things over not because yeah. I was getting married or something. Uh, BA knows how to do that. They, they uh, do at least know the, how the, to do that. Some crew out of BA because they're not all equal, but they, I always have this feeling with BA. I don't and know, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I think you're right. And of course, the, you know, the AV geek in me was excited, but but the professional Alex, the customer service guy, service. was like, this is the stuff I talk exactly. about. This is like, yes. you know, you, you're given a piece of data, yeah. Yeah. which is step one, and you then acting on that. Something. Exactly. It's like... Exactly. Yeah. textbook so i was very excited and it was it was a lovely way for for her to come into the country um you know as a as a well now as a, a visa holding holding yeah so that it was good. Happened live on the show as well i mean live ish yeah. guys you knew you listened to that a bit later but yeah wow i'm, I'm so i'm, I'm yeah so i haven't met her yet it will happen eventually. definitely definitely so i was very very impressed by ba on that on that front so uh, yeah, so yeah, so that must have been quite something. It was really fun to. Uh, so how long actually on the ground did you end up staying? Like three hours, three in, hours or something. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> three hours. Because usually that kind of stuff you would do when you do like uh, some. I uh, would do like a um, uh, mileage run, mile run, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just but otherwise it makes very, very little sense. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. So uh, it's, it's so I went to the US. It was just after November eighth when they opened finally for someone like me, non-American, old uh, passport holder, or a national, non-nationals basically. Um, and I was a bit. I mean, I hadn't flown so. The last flight I had done was on the 21st of February, 2020. And that flight was on the 15th of November, 2021. So that's 633 days without flying for me. Well, you, I mean, minutes, did you go... Because I, calc- I calculated I, exactly when the plane took off to exactly because I had the timings. <laughs> so I'm interested in, I'm interested, and I say this only yeah. half jokingly. Were you, yeah. Did you have any kind of withdrawal symptoms or was it not possible because you never knew how long it was going to be before you actually stepped on it. No, I, I, but that's probably because I told myself in February, 2020 that I'm not going to fly for a while. 
and I have this thing in how, and that's in life in general, when I can't have something, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't have any ambition or whatever, because it's different, but that, I park it, I park stuff. Like I'm not, uh, let's say, uh, I, I don't care about cars, but let's say if I wanted a Ferrari, but I cannot have it, I would just park it in my head that I will never have a Ferrari, or at least not now. This doesn't mean that I will not fight to win more money to have a Ferrari, but I have this kind of very, so I was now, I, I mean, obviously a few times, I was more missing the fact to see friends abroad or to um, to to see other places because after like a year and eight months at home, obviously not at all at home because the UK didn't have that much, especially in the second year, twenty twenty one, it was it was fine, but that much restrictions. But yeah, no, no, but I was very excited. I was very thank God you had been to the US yourself, so I. Although slightly different situation because you're an American passport holder, I was mm -hmm. more wary about the oh getting the right paperwork, yes. um, making uh, sure that I have everything set. I didn't want basically to arrive at the airport to be turned uh, down and or actually at the U.S. border. So, it, but honestly, it was actually super easy. Mm, it was super easy. But withdrawal syndrome, you know, when I was in the flight and when we took off, so I didn't shed a tear like you did earlier in your the pandemic, but. <laughs> Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, it was it was it was it was nice. It was it was uh, and JetBlue was so I wanted to try yeah, JetBlue. Yeah. But also to be frank, I had a budget to fly to the US, but we were talking about pricing. I flew uh business class. It was less than half of what Virgin or Delta or BA or was offering. So there was not even a question of I want to try it, it's similar pricing it right. was half so there's just no question i don't know if it's a launch if it was a launch price because i think they started just like in october yeah. 2021 or something uh i was flying from gatwick on purpose because the last time i'm i'm ocd stupid av geek i had landed in gatwick with emirates on that february 21st 2020 That's, so i want to oh, totally start from idea. where i left it's yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. because no. they, they fly both JetBlue fly both from uh, Heathrow and Gatwick. But to be honest, the second reason I chose Gatwick is because the US had just opened, I was like, maybe Heathrow will be more packed with people and mm -hmm. Gatwick just opened their second terminal. They were only had one terminal, but it was very quiet because a lot of, you know, Gatwick is, has been the, out of the two major airports in London. There, I know there's more, but has been suffering a lot. There was nothing. So I said, you know what? I might, there might be no one because Cathay didn't fly from there. Emirates wasn't flying from there. All the usual airlines mm -hmm. were flying internationally. We're not flying from Gatwick. So I said, for someone like, I didn't have anxiety, but I was not sure. Like, you know what? I'm going to go in a very quiet terminal, which turned out to be true. There was very, very few people. So I, and I went super early. It's stupid because I didn't know what to expect. Although no, of you had reassured me of, of most, the thing that they didn't have, they don't have, an app like what was it? Verify you mm -hmm. use with BA and AA, mm -hmm. nor the the other one. So I had Draw to paper. bring the paperwork, which was basically a proof of vaccination and a test, supervised test. A supervised for us meant because there's many types of. It was not in a clinic, but someone has to see me doing it. So I was with Cured, which you had recommended, and I used, and uh, I've been using it since ever since, and it is great. Um, someone from the Philippines, I immediately recognized, I hey, you're Manila. <laughs> she was laughing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, she basically looked, I mean, you, you experienced that. She looks at you and you do it, and then you show the proof of the negative thing, and that's pretty much it. 
And I couldn't have been, I mean, honestly, okay, I was flying business class, so there was like the line for premium uh, in, in, they call it what, Mint, mm-hmm. light for Mint. Um, but there was one person in front of me in the line for economy, there was four people. So it's not, you know, there was no people. And showing the paperwork right there and being given the, the boarding pass took 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that it? Will I have a surprise in the US? Like, can, I, can I fly? Yeah, <laughs> and that was yeah. it. So honestly, that was it. Um, so yeah, um, the only thing that was a bit surprising is before you had to, do you have to sign that CDC document? You can do it in Verifly, but yeah, I have had to do it. So it's funny because JetBlue, at first they sent me the uh, something to print, so I printed it out, but then, I think, you know, they were teething thing. They were, it's, it's their first international, I mean, they do some stuff nearby the US, but it's the first international operation, clearly. So you can see that some of the stuff, it's not ready, plus during COVID times. But then they send me an email I could sign electronically. Basically, you click a box and you say that you've signed the CDC document. They never asked for it ever again. I was clear, that was it. But there's the little things that now, but it was, honestly, it was really easy. The only thing that had been a bit, um, uh, I, you could see, yeah, you could see that on the book, when I was doing the booking, a lot of the stuff was US centric, trying to put a, a foreign number, mm. like plus four, four for us in the UK just wasn't working correctly. Because you could see like a lot of the thing was US centric in a way. So I, they're evolving. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not giving them crap on it. I'm just saying that you could see that it was their first international like long haul operation and that some of the stuff needed to be ironite. They could, I couldn't input my passport. I had to call, the, no, it's not funny actually, didn't have, didn't have to call them. I, they have an iMessage app on your iPhone. So you basically have a, you have a customer representative through iMessage first. And it was super efficient. And I said, like, I don't know, the page tells me I cannot input your passport. Like, Please can I have your passport? They said, oh yeah, I cannot because you have a Swiss passport and we haven't started recognizing Swiss passport. I'm like, what, really? So they, I don't know what she did. She went to the back end and maybe went to the code or something, but she, she was able to put it, but stuff like that. The aircraft, uh, 321XLR, uh, I'll come to the name afterwards because that's a very Avgeek uh, tidbit. But yeah, when you enter, it felt like for you, I think more very, uh, for me, sorry, very reminiscent to Virgin America because it's a setting. Yeah, the shades were down. The plane is blue. Obviously, it felt like a bit like science fiction of a lounge. You know, super really quiet and like almost like a cocoon. It's really well done. It's striking, however, to to enter and to see how far back yeah. the mint is going because since it's a single ale and they have I don't remember. Uh, like several seats, several rows of business class. It feels that business class is taking three quarters of the aircraft and you see barely at the very end a row of quarters of economy. And talking about the real estate we're talking earlier. Um, Yeah, that's great. Honestly, that, 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 that looks nice. The, um, the, I want to, because I noted it, the, the plane, by the way, was not even a year old, obviously. Um, um, It was really funny because I went online and I found that the plane had been delivered in April 2021, though it had been built in September 2020, and that's that's a sign of COVID, right? Yeah. It was ready, but uh, well, we don't take it, so they really took it just to start the operations uh, for me. The so the name on the leaflet is, and I, I thought it was called A321 XLR, right? And it's e- A321 271 NX. Huh. I was like. 
eh? So I went, of course, so 321, you understand. The 27 is the name of the engine. So it's uh, Pratt & Whitfield 1100, so 1100. Ah. 271 is the, so the, I said 321-271, so the one indicates the variant of the engine. It's very strange that they would actually put that yeah. for everybody to know, but for Avgeeks, it's great. The N is simply Neo, and the X... That's, and that's the super interesting part that I didn't understand. It's the ca cabin variant. So they're selling four different variants of the 321. I'll call it the 321 XLR, sure. not the 321-271NX. <laughs> and so they have ultra high density and to the lesser density, mm -hmm. right? And I think um, it's in ultra high density, there's 240 economy seats. Then there's 220, there's then 195, and then there's 165. So that's a less dense of them all. I'm talking purely economy. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the 165 is equivalent, I think, of the 757, I would yeah. say, 200. The, what is interesting is that <laughs> JetBlue went even further. There's only, because then I, wanted, I was curious, there are only 114 economy seats and 24 mint seats and still it takes the 24 takes seem to be taking i'm oh. exaggerating but let's say at least half of the aircraft uh, furthermore so they have their own flex variant delivered by airbus and it's so a new, and it's a new mint product which i'm very excited to hear yeah. about because i've done yeah, mint so it's one one yeah so for you as a couple wanting to go with your now wife uh, it's uh i need, I need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's not great. I saw there was a couple behind me and the couple was on each side of the aisle. So it's, that's the only, I would say, downside. If you want two and you want to be close to each other, you're not. Uh, but otherwise, man, what I did, because it was my first flight, I upgraded myself to the Studio Mint. So row one, what they did, because they had extra space, they did an extra bigger uh, seat with a bigger TV uh, and a bigger ottoman and a bigger table. And honestly, for me, that's almost first class. Uh, hello, Micah is a friend of mine, Avgeek as well. He does podcasts in the US for him. And he called that first class. And I didn't realize it. I didn't think about it first, but it's it's kind of, kind of a first class because it's, it's not maybe as big as a BA first, but honestly, it's so modern, it's so fresh that it's, Probably one of the best product I've ever flown. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the picture transport. you sent me, and it just, it looks, if you had told me, oh, if it was, you know, this is JetBlue, this is an American airline, this is not an A321, <laughs> I would have called you a liar three times in a row. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it looks gorgeous. No, it is absolutely uh, gorgeous. And I would say, because I don't want to take too much time, that I should have done that's not the right term, but I'm going to say that. It would have been better that I would have done JFK, um, Gatwick, than the opposite order. Because for some reason, the if I if I put a, a, a note out of 10, and here I'm talking, so I'm not talking to the seed. The seed is a 10 out of 10. Clearly, I'm going to do it again for sure. It's amazing. Uh, the crew, whilst super engaging, super fun, super nice, and I would only realize that when I did the second flight, they missed a lot of the stuff that I didn't know existed. And I'll tell them now, although they happened on the second flight. 
I had, there was a video for Mint explaining the seats. Uh, I didn't get that at Gatwick. So that's what this is. I should have gotten there. Mm -hmm. uh, you get an all explanation by the crew themselves of the seat. They come to each person when they offer you a drink. They explain you all the buttons, everything. I didn't get that at Gatwick. So, sorry, JetBlue, I don't want to uh, um, be negative. But I, there was some stuff that was clearly missed. I don't know. And we were not late or anything. So some, I don't, they, they didn't do it. Um, and whilst the crew was nice, I, I really have nothing bad to say about the crew. There were some of the, let's say, the introduction to the product that didn't just didn't happen, and uh, like the asking for what food you would like early, that all that stuff happened in. Now that I've done the second, I realize in a very weird matter the first one didn't make the flight a, a worse one. I'm just saying that it feels that the second flight. The, flight, the return flight was how it should be, and that—that's honestly, it's perfect. Mm. It's—I uh, know I would say that if you are, it's also very generational. I think you would love it. Um, I, I mean, uh, you would—you probably love it if you are someone who looks for very big wine lists uh, or a choice of. I'm not talking caviar because, of course, they don't do that. I called it a first class, but it's just a bigger business class, but it's equivalent to a first. Um, if you're used to that, and I'm not here talking Emirates who has like 500 wines on their list, I'm talking about simply a BA or Delta or United, it's more limited. It's more like they have wines, but none of them are known, but they're great. I tested it, tested some of them. Uh, they have bubbly. Um, it's So if that matters to you, I don't want to call you old fashioned, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. But if that if it, that's something that matters to you, JetBlue is maybe not for you. But if you are, because it's more casual as well, that's what probably what I loved. The the crew is super casual, super fun, super engaging, young. It's fun. It's a fun airline to to fly yeah. with. But if you expect something a bit more formal, or want something a bit more formal, maybe you'd better stick yeah. with. Uh, I think it's like the difference between a W hotel and a Four Seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of W hotels because for me they're a bit passe now. But yeah, that's a very good uh, definition. That's a very good comparison. That's exactly that. But honestly, man, it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. The one, <laughs> I don't know if it's a cultural thing. The food was great twice the, the, on the both flights. One thing that I'm, I'm going to say was missing was butter. I don't know why they don't give butter. That's interesting. I don't. I I I don't really do bread and butter. Uh, it's more like a something I do from time to time because it's neat, but I don't do it like every day like a French person. But I was struck, I was like, why is there no butter? There's like, everything but butter. And they asked, no, we don't carry butter. I'm like, I didn't get that. I mean, That's like every odd. single learner I've ever flown with in my life has butter, even in economy, like in this, you know, the small thing in plastic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it was so both flights. What a, what a I don't weird know why omission. They, JetBlue, introduce butter, do a campaign on, we're now introducing butter. butter. Yeah, and <laughs> now with butter, yeah, odd. Very odd. <laughs> Well, anyway, it I've done the Studio Mint really great. You can change the colors of, of course, the the ambiance of the two lights that you have. The screen is like what twenty two, like very big uh, mm -hmm. inches. The 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 Wi-Fi is super good to 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 use, super easy to use. It was super fast as well. There is um, there's a lot of content, and 
the great thing about not having flown for a while is that I haven't think I don't think I've seen anything. So it was like, yay, two, yeah. three movies I haven't seen. So no, that was that, no. Honestly, the 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 headset was not a noise canceling. It was a noise isolating. I don't know how they call it. Honestly, it's it's nice. It's a I don't Bowens and Wilk something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I used it. It was, it was very comfortable. They just like some airlines, they take it before landing, so it sucks a bit, but that's fine. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why they do. I mean, mm. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna steal it, yeah. guys. So I, uh, no, honestly, honestly, man, um, great product. You can sign. I mean, I didn't. I, I tried it for science. You can sign in to the IFE to put your name, and then he recognizes where you're gonna. If you, you could actually fill some profile before the flight, which I hadn't done, and you have like some preferences, and you can pre-fill your f- films. I think Emirates does that as well. So, and you have um, all throughout, and I'm not used to that. You probably are, but you have updates uh, um, via your phone on the status of your luggage because I had a carry-on. Yes. And they tell you, oh, the following bags have been loaded too. And the following bags are now on the thing. And then oh, they've been towed away. Oh, and here are they on the carousel. It's um, pretty neat, actually, to have this reassurance, which uh, maybe you, you're going to tell me that it happens all the time now, but I... Uh, I don't, uh, you I, know, I, I, I don't I think so. I think that. it's definitely a selling point for airlines um, to, to, to have that baggage tracking, especially on the American Airlines. You seem to be ahead of, of the game on that one. So, and uh, of, yeah, again, it's, it's the largest, I think it's the largest seat on any US airline, any shows, man. I mean, I'm tall, as you know, I'm 6'5 uh, and 186, whatever, and I can, I wasn't touching the end of it, right? <laughs> it's, uh, there's a door, obviously, the door is more like a BA height, so it's not like a Qatar Q suite height, so it's it's great, you feel completely alone. The um, They say, because one thing that it, I thought, it, I know it feels a bit stupid, but on a smaller aircraft, I was like, what's going to be the lavatory situation? Mm. Because, you know, when you, I mean, of course, when you're a bigger aircraft, there are more people, but a smaller aircraft, you say, oh, but, you know, on, on 320 series, this is like maybe four lavatories. Is it going to be like clogged? No, it was fine. Of course, the front ones were reserved for mint and the, I, no, honestly, I, I, I loved it. There's a vanity cardboard. There's uh, some storage, not the greatest storage ever, but there's some storage. There's uh, a wireless, uh, you know, you, your phone kind oh, of cool. uh, magnetizes yeah, to a yeah. place and then you just charge it. It's, it's uh, no, it's honestly, I, I, I loved it. There's no bedding per se, but there's like a kind of duvet that kind of enrolls you, uh, goes around you. So it's uh, no pump, basically. Cool, laid back, no pomp, fresh, very professional. I, I you know what? I'm going to fly them again. Well, especially I, I just, that they have just, a relationship with Emirates, so you can get. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I, I put them on. I signed up to True True Blue. True Blue, yeah. For me, True Blue is an album by Madonna, but I, I <laughs> signed up to True Blue um, because I wanted to see how it works. And no, I'm, I'm honestly. And, and getting into the U.S., I mean, you know, T5 has what? As I used to have, I think Cathay was there. Emirates is maybe still there. But there's a few, but there's very few. There was no one. It took me, as usual, took me three minutes to clear U.S. immigration. I was into the country, order an Uber, was in the city. Um, the COVID pass situation in, in New York is very simple. You know, I was like, oh, maybe with the NHS or our own version. We don't have COVID passes, you guys, here in the U.K. We never truly had. But you just show your, you probably experienced that. You just show your 
NHS app, or I even printed out an official letter in case. It was it was very New York casual, very mm-hmm. not a thing. It was easy for the event as well. It was fantastic. Honestly, it was. I didn't feel that much difference. Basically, that's my last word. It didn't feel that much difference between 2019. I was like expecting maybe to feel totally different, and it was very refreshing to see that. You know what? Uh, unlike you, I didn't go through all the phases of the rule changing and the situation changing, but it was honestly very, uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I really uh, have you. Have you you've flown JetBlue within the US, right? Yes, I've done Mint uh, uh, several times. I'm a huge fan of of, of them, not just Mint, but of the airline and product as well. So I cannot wait to try this trend. This, and I'm going to get that freaking studio now. You've, <laughs> I have to. No, honestly, it's it's totally worth it. I. T- uh, this is the airport of the day, JF- JFK T5, um, because I've, I had never truly done it, and this time I had a little bit of time. The reason I, I wanted to have a little bit of time is because I visited for the first time the TWA Eurosarin oh, building inside, which yeah. I know you've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, I'm really unlucky. The day I was there was that because they had a rule that you could you could not visit the swimming pool unless you had a room. But the uh, pandemic oblige, they change the rule to say anyone can go to the swimming pool because probably they have not a lot of people staying yeah. at the hotel. The day I was there was a day they were winterizing the swimming pool, so they closed and I wasn't able to see the swimming pool. I wouldn't have swum for it probably, but anyway, what a cool place. Oh, I know. How wonderful that it even exists. Because it's such a yeah, beautiful I, building, and they've done such a good job faithfully restoring it, even with the the clatterboard uh, yeah. uh, departure with the fake flights. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so some good. flights it makes no sense anymore. But there was no, honestly, and it, uh, it was a bit Christmassy because it, it was again mid November, so they were starting to put some Christmas decoration. But it was honestly, I I, I loved it, and it made. It made out. So the one thing that I knew about T five, uh, the JetBlue product, is that T, JetBlue doesn't do lounges, right? Mm-hmm there and i said well but i have the TWA. that's going to be my lounge for a couple of hours which was great and then to be honest uh again and that comes with the fact that some people would prefer you know the a service with a lounge and wines and everything i didn't matter at all i, I think went they have T5, like these terminal rooms. Jet Blue was great yeah. I went for some chicken wings and on a having a beer and then i get go to the gate and i was in and it was it it was no, it was fantastic. The, I would I would say that um, hopefully it's changed. This is where you saw that their international operation is was is still very new. They have a different uh, check-in counter in a separate area for the flights to London. Mm. They call it international, but basically it's only London. Um, you couldn't. You couldn't go to any, I was slightly too early. You couldn't go to any other. You couldn't go to the Mint one. They say, no, you have to go to the London one. Uh, it's probably because of COVID checks. So I don't know how long, but you could feel that a lot of the stuff was still hesitant yeah. in how they were dealing with it. It's fine. It didn't change anything. I'm just saying that uh, they will get there, but uh, it, no, you, you should, you should totally. I can't it, wait. Man. I can't wait. I'm always looking for a reason to go on a, to, to New York and I'm always looking for a reason to fly JetBlue. So it's, that's going to well, happen. One question I have for your flights in the US, I'm going to ask for another one. Did you, Ever um, in the past year and year and a half, did you did you hear? Did they ask you to um, switch off your devices or not? Can you remember? That is a good question. I don't think so. No, 
Yeah, because for me, maybe because I hadn't flown for so long, the first thing I noticed is like, hmm, they didn't ask for devices to be switched off, you know, airplane mode or whatever. I know that maybe no one does it, but they, maybe they gave up, but it's, they just don't do it proactively on both flights. So I was surprised if it was a new role or maybe a policy, they just don't ask it anymore. Not that, it's in, not that it matters, but I was surprised. I think BA still do. They ask you to put it in airplane mode, but I think that may even just be a relic of an old uh, in-flight announcement because, you know, we all have, <clears throat> they all have Wi-Fi on them now. So, you know, it, but no, that's a good question. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, yeah, just shout out to Shabby and Susan. They were the crew on the way back. These were the best crew. I, of course, it had been a long time I hadn't flown, but they were amazing. And I, this is where I realized the full service. I told you the all the explanation, the seats, the everything. That was. I, I will fly them again. I mean, I, I know I've five times I've said that already. Sorry, guys, but I will fly them again. Um, and nice little because I'm OCD and, uh, and I like these little loops. I was, we were slightly late with, it was, um, they had to do a computer reset, reset of the, the 321. <laughs> Basically they were to turn it, turn it off and on again. Right. Uh, they, they did it four times, by the way, mm. until the, the guy come, the, the pilot comes and said, you know what? It's a redundant system anyway. We're going to fly without it. You know, you're like, very honest. Yeah. I liked it. But if you're a little bit afraid in the back, you're like, what the, what? Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, uh, we were number seven on the, on the, Taxiway to to take to 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 take off, and just behind me was um, Singapore Airlines. It was a triple seven or the three eighty to uh, Frankfurt. I said that that's the last time I flown from New York. I, it's behind me. The past is uh, yeah. nice closing closing Beautiful. loop right, right there <laughs> as well. Right. So yeah, yeah, really love it. You you have to do it, guys, and you you as well. Yeah, I'm very that's, excited to try that. You sold me. Yes. So you, what else? Yeah, I know you've done um, a few other flights, including the U.S., but I think you've done Iceland there. Yeah, we filmed an episode in Iceland in yeah, October. Great, by the way. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, I was uh, blown away by that country. I, it's one of the few countries in the world where I've, or places in the world where I've, I've look. I was looking forward to coming back before I'd even left. So it really grabbed us. We got to do a spectacular helicopter flight up to. Uh, yeah, I'm so jealous because I went to Iceland, <laughs> but I didn't do that. I should have done. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. That was great. Really, really, really fun. Um, yeah, we flew Iceland. Greg and I flew Iceland Air. Um, we flew a seven sixty seven, which is kind of a throwback. Yeah, that's the one I flew as well. Up there. And it was, yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, uh, a lot of, uh, it was an older plane, but there was, um, you know, uh, IFE, which I was not expecting, um, and a buy-on-board service. It was very, very busy, the flight. It was, it was completely full. And they have a very sensible COVID. I don't know if it's still there, but back in October, the pre-flight check, much like the U.S., and then layers before you actually got out into the, into the, country itself of a verification of those checks and everything so you felt felt very safe everybody was 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 very friendly iceland it was the first time i'd flown on iceland air and it was it was good it was really good and then on the back way back we were on a uh on a max 737 max. oh wow yeah nice nice so that yeah and again um the IFE worked, the Wi-Fi didn't, but that was nice. Greg and I had celebratory beers. It was fun. Yeah, Iceland Air, I would definitely fly them again. Uh, it was kind of efficient. Uh, actually, though, interestingly, the day after we got back, Greg and I were both pinged by the NHS con uh, contact tracing app saying, 
somebody near you has COVID. I mean, by that point, there were no, there was, because we've both been double jabbed, there was no need for us, that, us to do anything. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, uh, somebody on that flight uh, had, had tested positive. But yeah, it was a very positive experience. <laughs> positive experience. <laughs> and I liked Iceland Air. Uh, Reykjavik Airport was, is very interesting. Kef, yeah, Kef. yeah, we did it like long time we, ago. We did. Yeah. It's interesting. Huh? It is. And because of the, the significant military presence uh, there, which is, I didn't know yeah. this until I looked it up, um, that they have no air force. And so a, is it NATO or E? No, it must be NATO. A NATO partner rotates in every 24 months and provides a rapid response team. Oh, wow. And I think it was, oh, wow. it's a, it, 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 it was then and remains Italy. Um, but there was like, uh, one of the big Antonov planes coming in and out of there, which, so it was always fun to, to fun to see that as well. But yeah, no, it was a very, very positive experience. I loved Iceland. Can't wait to go back. And I think now that there's think, yeah. a couple of new airlines coming out of, um, do, do, wow. do you have a thing about inventing? It was wow. And now there's something else. It's also like no, very short. Uh, um, Oh, it's gone. <laughs> God, yeah, it slips out. But yeah, so um, I think somebody they, they we'll see if they still they still trying to crack the code of being this uh, kind of Dubai for the US. So you do a layover and then you continue and back. Yeah, I don't know if it's really worth it, but some people seem to be trying it. If this if it's cheap enough, because now that Norwegian is basically gone, you have less competition on that uh, route, right? That's sad. By the way, I would have, of course, I wanted JetBlue. But were Norwegians still around, uh, and I, that was a great competition. And I would have considered, you know, their, they called it business, but premium economy, mm. because it was really cheap. There's no such thing as cheap seats anymore. No. In premium, I say. No, no. I think, I think you're right. And th that, uh, that lack of a competition is really going to put pressure on the prices, unfortunately, for the time being. Yeah, and we have uh, also the taxes are higher now, the AD. They're going to keep adding them too because... <laughs> I know this is something you don't like. This is why I wanted to trigger you right there. <laughs> Just irritates this. Build me, uh, me a runway first. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, I forgot to say, because you mentioned about, of course, I was not getting married. It's part of the product. But talking about customer service, it's really nice at both flights when you leave Every single passenger, again, I don't know if it's a launch thing or forever, every single passenger on uh, Mint, I'm not sure about economy, uh, to be very frank, uh, ha received a handwritten note by the staff uh, and with a little pin, a little pin that's a Mint pin. I have two, of course, because I did twice. Um, and on the way back, because I was landing very early in the morning, they gave also gave me a care package with yes. uh, juice and stuff. So, no, so really... Yeah. Yeah, so and and of course when I arrived at at Gatwick, the UK is the only um, only place in the world where priority luggage doesn't have any sense. They just drop it in any. I don't care. I wasn't in a hurry. I'm just saying it's. I was happy to see that things don't change. Yeah, that's that's still, <laughs> any other flight? So you've done a few other. Any other flight that you want to talk about that has been uh, something out of the ordinary? Maybe you've been. I know you've been to other places. No, the only other place I went to Chicago, um, and that was uh, ORD. Uh, ORD. That was uh, that freaking place. Um, we had the longest approach to the point where the captain even came on and said, this is the longest approach to get sequenced into, into O'Hare that he's ever experienced. And it went on and on and on. And actually, I, I can't remember if I, I think I did an Instagram story and I'll repost it. When we were 
we came to this very strange layer of, of cloud at about 20,000 feet where we stuck for a long time that was refracting the, the beacons on the wings. So the whole cabin lit up in red in this pulsating red light. Uh, wow. It was very nice. cool. It looked, it looked something out of the twilight zone, but no, I mean, it was BA and it was, it was fine. Um, no, no, no problems with those flights. Nothing, nothing spectacular. They were rammed absolutely completely full. Um, was, was the entry to the U S harder in, well, already than? No, it wasn't. Oh, actually it was pandemonium because, um, <laughs> the, and very confusing because there was, they were handing out these pieces of paper, which they, which you didn't need to fill out, but people were filling them out. And it was just a sort of, I don't even know what it was for. Like, uh, you know, in Japan where you get, a, you know, when you're boarding, you get three pieces of paper, you get one at the beginning of the queue to get on the airplane and they take it when you actually get it. It was basically that situation. Uh, there was litter everywhere as a result. It was very chaotic. It wasn't well organized at all. And of course, because the protocol has had just changed, but you know, it were, it only maybe took half an hour to get through. It really wasn't a big deal. And then into the, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then into, into wonderful Chicago to film there as well. Oh, you did. Oh yes. Yeah, you did. Oh yeah. We filmed I, there. And I, I'm my, subscribed to, but I, I have no, so what is it released? It's out there. My, yep. my friend, uh, my friend, Jimmy Chamberlain makes a guest appearance. Uh, no way. Yep. Jimmy's no. <laughs> what? Yeah, Jim, Jimmy. Jimmy's the, the drummer for the Smashing Pumpkins, and so ah, he came in. What? He came this is. A, I'm having a starstruck moment yeah, right yeah. here. What the? How? Yeah, I've known Jimmy for years. You know, he's a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I've grew up with the Smashing. It was my one of my favorite bands back in the night. What? Uh, no way. So yeah, he, he and he's a very he's a lovely guy. We had we had breakfast on camera, and he told us why they'd always wanted to base the band in in Chicago, and why they kept it there, and. Yeah. What what you know the the struggles that that city had. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm the, I need to watch it. I, I'm I'm really sorry, Alex. Usually I watch your thing. I, I I've I've not seen that. I've seen the Iceland one, and I, yesterday I saw the London Soho one, which was really great because it was it was home. So it was really fantastic to to see. But I didn't didn't realize that you had uh, released Chicago. So oh my god, yeah. he's in there. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I should, I should, I should know. I could, could have gotten one of my LPs to get signed or something. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's a lovely guy. Lovely. Oh guy. no, no, that's fine. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not that starstruck in general in life. But I just. Oh wow! I'm just. I'm gonna watch it as soon as we end this, which is gonna be pretty soon because we've been running for an hour and forty-five minutes, I think, or something. So, holy cow! I'm just <laughs> amazed that. Uh, plus, plus, you call him a friend. I'm like, like as if, yeah, yeah. I'm, by the way, uh, I don't know who, who could I say? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. El Elvis was a friend of mine. Of course, we were not born, but something, something like that, right? Oh, good, good grief! Amazing. Okay, so guys, you have to watch this episode and all the others because they're, as always, really, really great. The one, in, the one in, in Soho was uh, marvelous. Yeah, I always said, I know he knows, Alex knows that I say that, but every time these two guys film and talk food i'm happy i'm not as much as i we both hate the term foodies it's not the right term but we have an appreciation you have way more an appreciation for the you know the not the process is a bad is no i think dry that's word that, yeah, use, but the, why why it means you know to people and culture and but every time you do food 
it's your best bits. Uh, not that the others are not, but and and yeah, that um, the one in Iceland was great, but that one in Soho, man. <laughs> even me, I was like, I need to go to. <laughs> I took to my to kids Canada back to that place a couple of days ago. I was like, this is so good. Eat all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really. <laughs> Really amazing. Um, so well, um, I don't know if we, since I have no notes, I don't know what else I could. There's probably 25 million other things. Oh yeah, maybe one. It's a crazy story as well. Not maybe the funnest. What? What's your take about that 5G thing? Not the 5G oh, in vaccines, yeah. guys. The 5G in the US is pretty. I, I don't. I'm not a specialist in uh, bands and whatever, but it seems that the. 747s, 777s, and some Dreamliners have interference when they land because of Verizon and AT&T or whoever yeah, was it. there's some... F- how, how, how is it see. happening? How is it that's possible that... Yeah, that's, see, that's what I don't understand because this has never been an issue in the decades that we've had instrument landing systems and, and auto land systems. And we've had wireless frequencies for... Uh, you know, hundreds of years before that. So the fact that we've been able to not have this issue, and then there's this one specific frequency for 5G with one carrier and specific aircraft that's causing minor interference on, is on ILS systems. Yeah, I think it's like the, yeah. Which is yeah, like pretty so. freaking important. So they've had to issue airworthiness directives saying, don't use those airplanes on these routes, which is crazy. And it's like Atlanta, because, and you yeah, know, <laughs> and and big one. I think Emirates, Cathay. Okay, Cathay doesn't fly a lot, but Emirates, Cathay. What was it? BA. Uh, there was a list the other day. Uh, they either canceled routes, like uh, Emirates simply switched simply. Uh, Triple sevens for three eighties. With three eighties are not apparently Airbuses are not affected. At least. A I don't know, the modern ones, whatever that means, are not affected by this, uh, you know, wireless interference. Yeah. But I mean, just, did they not talk to each other? The the, the, the FTC, is it called, and the uh, FAA, did they not just discuss to each other before, like, switching off a button of having, like, that this would create a disruption? Yeah, I, I'm it, sure it that there is, um, there was a lot of disbelief and incredulity when this, like, exactly as you're saying. How did this happen? Uh, and I don't know what the resolution is, um, at all, but it's still an ongoing issue. I mean, it's kind of funny at the same time, like you said, but yeah, of course it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's very odd, very odd. And I'm, I have no idea what the resolution is. What, what gets changed? The airplanes or the, whatever they are, the, I think, I think they they can switch the, the, I I think it's the altitude thing. Mm. I don't know altimeter that is maybe disrupted in the altimeter. If they switch to a one that is. I guess you put in a Faraday cage or something. Here, I, I'm showing my total lack of understanding of uh, airplane right. engineering. Uh, and, and it just doesn't get affected. And I think this is why some aircraft like the uh, 380 and modern uh, Boeings are not affected. The earlier ones are probably just because these are not designed. I know, again, guys, you, you realize I'm not an expert at all. Well, about know, I mean, it's funny you like, say unlike that. Unlike Alex, who does his own. Well, uh, I was just going to say, like, seatbelt side. Uh, you know. I, when I pulled this thing apart, I'm looking at it going, really? This is, there's really, this is how you did it? I mean, okay. it obviously worked. We need to invite. So I'm doing, as you know, guys, I'm, I'm producing a, a shit ton of other podcasts on which I'm mostly not appearing through a company I own. But um, one of them I'm, I'm doing simply like a, 
host at large. I'm doing a small intro is for a venture capital firm here in the um, UK called Notion Capital. They, they invest in startups in, in Europe. And uh, the the host, my co-host, if you want, but he's more active, the host, Andy Lever, we did a series uh, last year. So we're talking old news now. But at one episode, he, he realizes during the recording of the episode that I'm doing layovers and I'm, I'm we are half geeks and we're talking aviation. And suddenly he says that he used to work for I, I don't have the I don't have notes so I, I will but one of the uh, partners for aircraft manufacturers I think he coded everything from the you remember simply uh, the the oh, the old audio systems where you were listening to radio and you have to do you remember these oh, little yeah, dials yeah. plus one plus two the channels that and I think some lightning system in in seven four sevens and the door automation system wow. and I was like. So you are a VC and you were doing that as a as the start of your career. So I'm gonna have to invite yeah. him at some point because he needs to tell us stories about um, uh, doing as you like hacking, not live aircraft, but hacking pieces like this. It must be uh, it must be fun. <laughs> Look, it's not. Well, we're gonna close this. Uh, I think unless you have uh, something yep. really that you want to add, because we'll do other ones. Do you? Uh, I know it's February. It doesn't really make sense, but I'm still gonna ask you. Do you have any um, wishes for you or for travel in 2022? Uh, Japan, Japan, Korea, Taiwan. I just want to get out there. One of those, if not all of them. I, 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 I miss it. I miss I so much of it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's my my sole wish. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, Japan. Japan was the. I remember I said in. You asked me uh, if I had like any. Um, withdrawal sy symptoms but the only thing i said i said i'm not going to fly for a long time but by the end of 2020 i'm going to go to japan and then of course it didn't happen and then in january 2021 i said i'm not going to fly but i want to go to japan by the end of 2020 <laughs> it still hasn't hasn't happened and it's uh it's i think i read in 2019 they were monthly around 2.3 2.5 million visitors each month I mean, when I was living there, I was not nearly there, but you know, they had made yeah. a huge campaign to attract um, tourists. I think it's currently around 15,000. Wow. There's literally no one. It's crazy. Yeah, because you can't get in. It's incredible. So I really hope, and I hope for them, I have friends of mine who own, we talked about food, we own bars and restaurants or work in hospitality. And I, I cannot fathom, I mean, there's help from government, whatever, but I cannot fathom how. It, it, yeah. it, it must uh, it must feel it must so, feel awful. really um yeah so japan for me as well next flights that's easy we're both doing emirates but you're going to a much uh, sunnier and honeymoony place than i do uh which means that uh, we won't be able to record for a while at least with alex because he's go i'm gonna be first in dubai he's gonna be in the maldives wars plus after he's gonna do a side trip on the way back so that means that i don't know what we're gonna record but it's not gonna be in six months no can we no, it will not we, be we'll try to months. do that at the very very <laughs> <laughs> okay buddy I have, a, oh, I have an outro song. I forgot. Where is the button for the outro song? I need to put it. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Safe travels. Nobody is listening that far, I think, <laughs> in the song. <laughs> I could cut, I'm sure. Wouldn't have any complaints. Oh, well, that was fun. Thank you. Good to be back.
That was fantastic, man. I'm so happy <laughs> that you're going on honeymoon. Yes, I'm very happy I get to go on a seaplane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I did. Like I did. I'm totally so worth that, it. That, that informed your decision of the choice of the hotel, the seaplane. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them were like, oh, you could take a domestic flight and then a 40 minute sea speedboat or 50 minute yeah. speedboat. And I was like, ah, you know what? Seaplane. Mm-hmm. I did the same. And when I went, seaplane was part of the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that bit. 